Welcome to the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. This is episode number 22, where Jeremy talks to wine grower Jerry Watson, owner of Austin County Vineyards. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. Uh, today we're hanging out at uh, Austin County Vineyards with Mr. Jerry Watson. Uh, Jerry, thanks for hanging out today. Glad to be here. Glad to have you too. Yeah, it's beautiful, and uh, I know everybody can't see where we're we're at uh, in, in the country home here, overlooking the vineyard in the distance. And so we just walk the vines with the uh, the old vine Blanc du Bois and Black Spanish, kind of cool. Uh, but anyway, Jerry, uh, thanks for spending some time with us today, and tell us a little about a little bit about who you are and what you do and what got you involved with uh, wine growing. Okay, uh, we bought some land in 1987, just as uh, John Mortensen was releasing uh, Blanc du Bois to the industry. Uh, Raymond Hack and Harold Lucifer had uh, gotten vines the year before, and uh, we got 36 vines from, uh, from the professor there at Leesburg, Florida, and planted them in 87. And uh, through the years, we've uh, gotten up to three acres of Blanc, and uh, now we have one acre of Black Spanish. And uh, with your involvement in the industry, obviously, you're, you're in the know with Twiga and all the other growers and the winemakers. Uh, what are your contracts right now? Who do you sell to, and where can people find your grapes as far as the wine goes? Uh, we've been with uh, Hack Vineyards and Winery now, I guess, about 12 years. Uh they make a, uh, a dry Blanc du Bois, a semi-sweet, a sweet, a port, a Madeira, and a blush. And our grapes are in uh, primarily, the, the, primarily the dry and, and the semi-dry Blanc du Bois. Okay. And obviously, Blanc du Bois is making a big presence here in the state, not just with the, the wine growing part of it, obviously being, uh, you know, Pierce is resistant, but obviously finding its home in Texas wine as a dry wine. And as you said, uh, off dry, semi sweet, you have uh, Madeira down at Hack and port style wine. So it's pretty exciting times for that. Have you seen in it as you've grown? I know since you guys originally planted in, you know, the late eighties, have you seen the a growth in demand for Blanc du Bois in the state over those years overall from the winery's perspective? Uh, we have, uh, when we started uh, selling our grapes, I guess, in, in 91, we had one uh, winery that would take the grapes, one local winery. And uh, as time went on, uh, the industry grew for Blanc du Bois. And I guess we're at 200 or 250 acres of, of grapes of Blanc du Bois now. And in fact, there's a there's a pretty good size industry developing down in the Rio Grande Valley. So, in regards to um, the the spread of that, uh, have you noticed a lot of changes in the way people are handling Blanc du Bois on the vine? As far as viticulture, obviously things progress as you go through from when this was first developed and and kind of came into be. Anything we've learned over the years, or anything you've learned with dealing with this grape? Uh, when when we started growing grapes. Uh, the industry really was limited in, in the, the chemicals we could, could, that were available for, uh, uh, fungus disease control. And 
through the years, the, the chemical companies have done a really good job of, of developing uh, new fungicides to handle black rot and, and for us, downy, uh, powder is not an issue. But uh, uh, a, number of, a number of diseases we really do have a good handle on now. Uh, and, and that's, that's been a big step forward. And then a lot of it is just experience and, and figuring out what you did wrong last year and, and, and working on improving your, your practices the next year. Now, regarding your vineyards, obviously some of the early plantings, 87, 1989, is that one of, are you one of the first to plant the grape over commercially in the state? Uh, no, actually, uh, Raymond Hack planted a small vineyard down in Santa Fe, and Harold Lucifer sm- planted a, a, a small vineyard down south of Wharton. And uh, then I guess I probably was the, the, the third one uh, to plant it, okay, uh, in, uh, in 87. Okay. Well, tell us a little about the, the Watson Trellis system. You've, you've become a little, a little famous for that as far as the way you, you uh, have your, your trellis system. And obviously, if you want to mention to people the, the height uh, as far as the harvest and the cordon is a little bit different than a lot of people are doing now. Uh, we, uh, we started out with a, what is called a single curtain. Uh, T.V. Munson had used it up in, in North Texas, and it was recommended to us by Professor McEachern. And so we put in a, a, our vineyard with a, a single wire at 66 inches, and that was the cordon wire. And uh, it worked well for a number of years, and then is after six or seven years when the vines came into maturity, uh, we found we had uh, uh, a really tangled foliage and uh, had trouble getting spray through, had trouble finding the fruit. And so we, we heard about the, uh, the fact that you could divide the canopy with, with V-arms. We experimented with 36-inch and then finally went with 48-inch. And so the 48-inch arms sit on top of a, a T-post, at about at about 68 inches, just above the cordon wire, and then we have two sets of wires on either side of the V arm, and uh, the shoots are uh, managed up over those wires, and uh, at least at our side it seems to work pretty well. It uh, it allows us to have uh, easier spray spray penetration, and uh, the uh, the wind comes through and dries things out a lot better, and then harvesting is 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 pretty simplified. I'm sure your back thanks you for having a higher cordon system, right? It, it does. Uh, so obviously, you know, I know you dabble a little with winemaking too, and you've been involved with that for some years. Um, to kind of finish things off, what are some of your favorite uh, wines to make or to drink? Do you have favorites as far as Texas is concerned uh, or California, worldly wines? What, what are you really into as far as wine goes? Well, you know, you have to be careful. You'll get that cellar palate and think your homemade Blanc de Bois is the best. But uh, <laughs> I, I really like Tempranillo. Okay. I'm all back by I really like Tempranillo. And uh, uh, I like... Uh, Chianti, which they're making some counties here in Texas, and uh, uh, of course I like Pinot Noirs, which are a little more difficult to grow here. But uh, the uh, 
the, the varieties that, that they're growing on the high plains now, the uh, more of the southern southern European varieties, uh, to me, hold hold an awful lot of promise. That's great. All right. Uh, anything you want to tell the listeners as we sign off here? Uh, if you're going to grow grapes, just keep working at it. Yeah, it's a it's a labor of love, right? But the labor capitalized. There's a lot of that. It's a uh, it's it's intensive horticulture. Most definitely. But you're doing a great job. And uh, once again, to wrap things up, uh, you can find his grapes in Hack Wines uh, down at uh, Santa Fe, Texas. And we all know uh, they're very talented down there, with uh, especially with their well-known Madeiras. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, thanks for checking out another episode of the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. Until next time, cheers. Thanks for listening to the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. If you would like to read the show notes and see the photos included in a larger size, check out the blog post at texaswinelover.com. Be sure to check out our archive section on the website for previous podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TXWineLover. Plus, we are also on Twitter. Please subscribe to the podcast either on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Join us next time for another episode of the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. Thank you.